All right, welcome on in to the Intern Allen Show. This is episode 13, I believe. Oh, shit. That is foul. Foul. That is foul. Good. Um, it is Wednesday, October 4th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. If you couldn't tell, I'm Twins are currently in game two of the wildcard series against Toronto right now. When you listen to this later, it is the top of the sixth. Bases are loaded for Toronto, and the guy just ripped the ball down the line, just fouled by like a foot. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the Twins, talk about game one, talk about the Vikings win, a little bit about college football, a little bit about the Ryder Cup, and no post game today because I'm in a hurry. Um, that's a double play. Let him know. Let's go. Come on. He's out. See you, Toronto. You're in America now. Anyway, um, that's that Wales. That actually rocks. Big out, two outs. Okay. <sighs> Calming down. Um, Matt Chapman's a loser. All right. Let's talk about it. Don't need a water break, so we'll get to a sponsor later. All right. It's a little bit weird. The timing's not ideal to be talking about game one while game two is going on, but whatever, because all this might not matter in a day or two or in literally an hour or so. Um, I just got back from school, so I haven't been able to watch game two yet. I swear to God, this pod will start at some point. How did we score? It's two rib twins, by the way. Play by play. Scoring. Scoring plays. This is in the bottom of the fourth. Willie Castro double play. That wasn't it. Um, But the bases were loaded. And then a Correa single. All right. Bases loaded double play. Not perfect, but it is what it is. Um, It's two rip right now. Sonny Gray pitched five, I assume. Phil Barr in the sixth. Everybody that like is watching this game and hears this tomorrow is going to be like, why are we doing this right now? But I just have to get my bearings. Great pitch five. I mean, I could have predicted that. All right. Let's talk about game one. The streak is over. I should have led with that. Would have led with that if the, um, we didn't just have the maybe the biggest moment in the game right in front of me. Um Streak is over, 18 straight losses back since 2004 or something like that, 2002, 2004, one of those two. Um, and it's over. Um, thought the 19 team would do it after they won the division easily, led the league in pumps. Thought the 20 team would do it after they led the division easily. We're playing a bad Houston team at the time, or not a great Houston team. We thought they ended up going to the World Series. Um, but no, it is the... 2023 team, foul by like a foot, they just showed the replay. 2023 team that was mediocre for much of the season, frustrating for much of the season, seems to be peaking at the right time, though. And just got a really good pitching night from Pablo Lopez, a couple pumps from Royce Lewis, and that's all you need. It's a win. Easy as easy as that. The streak is over. We couldn't win 18 straight games. We get six good innings from a starter, good bullpen, and two pumps from a rookie, and it's over. Just like that. The the, the streak is over just like that. As easy as it came. Um, but yeah, Pablo Lopez was excellent. Five very easy innings. Um, the sixth, third time through the order, got a little bit hairy. Um, the Michael A. Taylor catch against the wall. I mean, the announcers, we'll get to the announcers, but the announcers were saying it saved two runs, saved the game, et cetera. It wasn't maybe the hardest catch of all time. I mean, it looked, oh, he jumped near the wall. I mean, if you have a good center fielder, he makes that play every time. That being said, when that ball was hit, it absolutely did not, did not feel good. Varlin came in, little rookie, First postseason start gets Matt Chapman, I believe it was again. Um, 
he pounds the ball, it would have been off the wall, but he was caught all the same. Um, with two guys on at the time, so um, it already had a run in. So that felt like a big moment. It was a big moment for sure. Just had a maybe a very similar big moment in the top of the six here. Um, but yeah, other than that, Griffin Jackson was great. Allowed a double, and then two strikeouts in the ground out or something. Don't remember. Um, Duran was great. I think that was it. Right? No. Somebody would have had to pitch the seventh. Who pitched the seventh yesterday? Who did that? Was it Philbar again? Let me look, let me look, let me look. Yeah, Thielbar got the seventh. And was one to three innings, so shout out to him. Um, yeah, if I would have done a Twins to preview, which... I was almost planning to do this weekend and then uh, things came up and um, low-key a lot is happening in the world of Allen Post. But um, if I would have done a preview, I would have said something like, this team is not the team we thought it was halfway through the year. The offense that we thought was so horrible ended up leaving, leading the league and leading the AL at least in home runs. The Braves tied the 2019 Twins record, by the way, in the NL. But and we're like 70 homers behind them. But that's still enough to lead the AL, so still pretty dang good. And I'm leading the league in, in homers. And has one of the best DRAs, best pitching staffs in the world, I guess, in the, in the, in the majors. Um, which nobody that's in Twins territory feels like they kind of either recognize or appreciate. Um, the, it's partially because the bullpen has been horrible. Um, or was for much of the month or much of the year, but September the bullpen was good, and just added a bunch of new pieces to it. The bullpen's good. We saw that yesterday. Great starting pitching, great bullpen, two homers, and that's the game. That's all. That's all it took. Postseason baseball is always very low scoring, um, or often is at least. Um, because you can tilt rotations, tilt. I just saw a kid that went to Davies on on the TV. All my gooses that went to Davies. Um, what's his name? I went to. I had a class with him when I um. When I went to Davies for a class, this is Davies High School in Fargo, North Dakota. By the way, what was his name? Will Thompson. If you know Will Thompson, Goose Will Thompson. I just saw him on the TV. Anyway, um, he's at the game. I think he like ran for mayor once in Fargo. That was weird. Um, anyway, saw it yesterday. Great pitching, couple pumps, and, and the game was over. And that was all it took. Um, postseason baseball is a little scoring. It is again today. Um, the Rangers broke out again. Or Rangers broke out earlier today, seven runs. But all the games um, yesterday were pretty low scoring. So, um Korea just popped up to their cheese wheel last catcher. Anyway, um, I probably should not pay attention as much. Um, yeah, I believe the Twins only allowed one extra, extra base hit yesterday. It was the Guerrero double in the eighth. Um, leadoff double, pitched around it very nicely, though. And nobody else really hit the ball hard um, other than the Michael A. Taylor catch on, on the wall. So... Um, couple bloops here and there a solid single to score a run but you know nothing much coming out of the, the Toronto offense so really love to see that from the pitching staff and a good pitching staff is what we'll carry in the postseason um we got to talk about Royce Lewis straight off the IL was playing in simulated games um while the team was finishing up against Oakland and Colorado Right into the lineup, two bombs. I said, my, the very first edition of this podcast ever, I said guys like Royce Lewis and Eddie Julien, and I wasn't thinking Matt Walner at the time. I was thinking more Kirilov, thinking more Larnick, but Matt Walner has kind of become that. Um, I said guys like that are going to be more important for this team than Buxton and potentially Correa moving forward because you can't count on them, and, and how good these young guys are is – um, really going to affect how good this team is. Um, I did not expect it to happen this year. I'll be honest. So, so seeing Royce Lewis be a, the difference maker, it feels like the, he feels like the biggest difference maker on this team. Um, the past month or two of the season, 
at least when he's healthy. Um, and certainly the biggest difference maker in the game yesterday. Um, it's really cool to see. It's exciting. It's, it's um, obviously the Twins are in the playoffs. They won the really easy division, but even beyond that, this is the more, most excitement that's sort of felt in the squad in a while. Um, and a, a team that, again, as I said, is peaking at the right time. Um, just a couple interesting things to note from yesterday's game. Um, the first inning playoff twins are, are so back. I remember um, wildcard game against the Yankees would have been 2017, something like that. Just jumped on them right away in the in the first inning, and then that lead it was only a couple runs, but we were, I mean I remember the boys were were pumped um, for that, and then the lead just slowly dwindled, ended up losing as part of that um, as part of that 0 and 18 streak, and then again um, again I believe against the Astros in 2020 um, there were a couple sort of at least early game explosions of offense and then it just kind of stopped um but it didn't happen I mean well it did kind of happen we had two runs in the first inning then a run in the third and then no more for the rest of the game but big difference this time is pitching hung steady and um oh that's a horrible call Willie Castro just struck out on a ball inside whatever um Rock was mad he's angry all right well anyway um, the offense didn't really thrive after the first inning per se. I mean, we had one solo shot from Royce Lewis, of course, but um, pitching was absolutely locked down in a way that it hasn't been in past years. So that's really exciting. It's been locked down in this game, knock on wood. There's no wood in my apartment. Um, knock on my head. Um, so hopefully that continues in this series. Um, Michael K and A Rod being the announcers, it can't happen. I I don't even know. I have it on mute right now, so I don't even know if they're announcers for this game. But it should have never happened, and it should never happen again. The second they took A Rod off of Sunday Night Baseball, it became, it went from like being completely unwatchable to like one of the best baseball products that exists. Um, in terms of like a watching experience. ESPN Sunday Night Baseball is a good watching experience. They have a ton of cameras. They have a ton of stats. They have a ton of, um, what's it called? Like, what are they? What are they called? Um, graphics packages in a way that they kind of treat baseball like a football game in that they're just covering it very thoroughly, which is good. And if you don't know something about, if you don't know the league as a whole, You'll learn more about the league, like the majors, when watching a Sunday night baseball game, even if it's not about, like, even about teams that aren't playing, like, because they'll talk about the entire, like, majors, um, like, storylines during the game, which is great. And you don't get that on local broadcast for understandable reasons. Um, I'd obviously rather watch the Twins broadcast for a Twins game, but for, like, national broadcasts, ESPN does it really well. It was horrible. With that being said, it was horrible when A-Rod was in there because he sucks. He's like, this is one of my takes that I haven't gotten off on this podcast, but I've had for a long time. He is horrible in the booth. He is stupid. He doesn't make sense most of the time. His voice is annoying. Like, it sounds annoying. Um, It's like a little high-pitched because he's on roids. Um, I don't know if that's actually a correlation. Um, But, and like... All of that is true, and also, like, he was a complete asshole when he's a player. He was, like, suspended for 300 games at one point. Killed the Twins over and over again while he was on roids. Um, and, like, every like he was maybe the most hated player in baseball, and then just 10 years ago, we act like we forgot about that, and he's just in the booth for Twins playoff games. Like, that sucks. And it, it would suck even if he wasn't bad at it, but he's also bad at it. And so that is, like, for that reason, like, it just cannot happen. Also, Michael K. doesn't know fucking shit about the Twins. I was watching it on mute for the times I was, I was able to watch last night or yesterday. And 
because I, I just saw Michael Caine, right? I was like, oh, I'm muting it. Like, it's not happening. And I watched back the highlights today to make sure I knew what I was fucking talking about on this on this podcast. And even just listening to the highlights, Michael K like, made five mistakes just talking about, just talking about, like, I mean, I, I he said, like, Johan Durant. Like, his name isn't fucking Johan. Like, just any, like, almost anybody who, like, follows the Major League Baseball like world in any kind of way knows who Joan Duran is and he's certainly not named Johan and so like that's just like one mistake that he made in like 15 minutes of highlights he made like five mistakes that I could hear anyway I can't imagine how it was watching the whole game that can't happen again okay we're back from commercial let's see if it happened again Yeah, that's A-Rod's annoying-ass voice. All right, um, so we're back on mute. Um, what's the other notes here? This was a more of a should-have-been-in-the-preview type note, but Gallo and Byron Buxton, not on the roster, and that's a great choice. Um, at a certain point, you have to go with who's playing well and who's not, and they did that, and I really appreciate that. I don't know if Buxton's healthy or not. He's basically a nothing player at this point. If he even if he is, and maybe he was hitting so poorly because he was hurt, I don't know. But um, he's always hurt, and he doesn't play the field, and he doesn't hit. So it's like, what's the point? I'm glad he's not on the roster, even though that would have been shocking to hear um, in spring training or opening day. Um, Gallo also shouldn't be the roster. I think everybody knows that, but he shouldn't have been on the roster in July. He shouldn't have been on the roster in August, and they kept him on. So. Um, good to see them finally sort of come to their senses in that kind of way um yeah that's that note i guess um good defense yesterday um my uh the michael a taylor stuff was great that catch against the wall was obviously huge but also he had a nice little diving catch on the cheese wheels um what could have been a hit for cheese wheel catcher oh that is a no, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. He got under it. All right, all right, all right, all right, we're good. I thought George Stringer just hit a bomb. He didn't. Um, Kepler had a good play in right. Um, I don't remember what it was. I just noted it. And then, especially as well, the Correa play to throw, to get to the ball after the error from Polanco and throw home to save the run and end up, two-run game, obviously, or a game where you only score three runs. One run is very important to keep off the board from the other team. Um, the wherewithal to get to that ball and then rip it home in time. It was a great play from Correa there. Um, and that leads into the Polanco not so much. Literally the first at-bat of the game makes a throwing error. And then um, on the... Uh, I believe that it was bases loaded, maybe, something like that, or two guys on. Um, essentially, a swinging bunt from a Blue Jays hitter goes into um, barehanded, misses it completely, and then Correa comes and barehands it and throws home. Um, no, it wouldn't have been bases loaded because that run would have scored. It was, I think it was first and second, and Bobachet tried to take more than he could. I don't remember. Anyway, Polanco, not great at third base. Kind of have to play him there right now while Royce is still not playing the field. Um, but made up for it elsewhere. Brock Stewart just struck a guy out and is absolutely going crazy. Love to see it. You'd love to see it. Six outs to get. Let's fucking go. Um, this is a note I made from last night. Obviously, knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't become a problem. Um, the way Donovan Solano celebrated getting the last out, I, it, it was giving, hanging the banner after one win. It felt a little bit like, okay, we won one playoff game, we're going to freak out. I, and that is a concern. I feel like we need to act like we've been there before, just take care of business. Um, obviously, dudes are excited, whatever. Um, it did feel like our Super Bowl was game one of the wild card series, I'll, so I'm, I'm not going to lie. And so that, at the time, concerned me. Now we're up two runs, so knock on wood, hopefully everything's cool. But um, that, I'm just, that was a concern that I had to address in the pod. Um, yeah. 
that's that's a that's a good twins roundup. I'm not I'm not in I'm not anywhere near stupid enough to talk about what would happen if we win this game because we haven't won the game yet. So um, you're not getting an Astros preview ever, probably because I will not jinx it. Um, all right, let's let's do the football stuff now, and then talk Ryder Cup, and then, well, yeah, let's do that, all right, um, I'm going to water break, presented by Geico, because they're on the TV right now, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings have won a football game. Which is, I guess, exciting. Um, I have to be compl- I have to be entirely honest. I think I think I've given up on the Vikings. You just look at the odds of a team, not like long term as a team, just like for this year meaning anything. I think it's not happening, unfortunately. Um. 0-3 teams don't often make the playoffs. They really don't. 0-4 teams have only made it one time. So obviously we avoided that sort of worst-case scenario horrible fate. But I just think there's very little. We'll talk about the game. We'll talk about the game. It was a good win. People are excited. I don't really know if anybody's excited. But um, I just don't feel necessarily like this team is in any kind of shape to make up the ground and climb out the hole that they put themselves in by being 0-3. If this team was 2-2, two and two, fine. In theory, that's only one game difference. But I just don't feel like the team is good enough to be good. I don't know. Um, like, it'd be one thing if the team was 1-3 and three and they felt like they were good, or if they were 2-2 two and two and maybe there's a couple bad breaks here. I just don't think the team is good. I think there's a chance that the Carolina game is the worst game they've played all season. At least offensively, I think it is. Um, it definitely isn't defensively. They got tore apart by some of those other teams. But... There, it was a horrible game overall, I would say. Um, we only scored 14 offensive points against Carolina. Let me see if that's even right. It might have been, it would have been a 13 because we went 20 to something, right? Yeah, 21 to 13. So it was, they were the ones who didn't get another touchdown. So we got two touchdowns, both from Justin Jefferson. Obviously, he's not a problem. Um, but 14 points against the Carolina Panthers isn't... Like, it just isn't good. It just isn't good. All the, Their performance against the Eagles is way better than that, at least offensively. Performance against um, LA is way better than that. The Chargers is way better than that. Um... And so, on one hand, sure, they only allowed six offensive points by the Panthers, but Bryce Young hasn't been good. The Panthers' offense is kind of gross in general. Um, Adam Thielen, who couldn't make our roster, wasn't offered a contract as maybe their best receiver at this point. Um, It just isn't... I guess holding the Panthers to a low amount of points is not what you would call an accomplishment. Beating the Panthers in general is not an accomplishment. Um, And so then we didn't really accomplish what we didn't, certainly didn't convincingly beat the Panthers. And then you look at like the Kirk Cousins picks were, were bad. 
the pick six was horrible. That's not a that's not a play. Like I'm okay, again, it's easy to say shit when you're sitting on your couch. But sitting on my couch, I could tell when he threw that ball that it was going the other way. Like it's pretty much like like quarterback 101. This has like it's, this was like a Zach Wilson mistake, which by the way, he was very good. Um against Kansas City for the most part. But um it's like a Zach Wilson mistake to throw late on an out route. You just can't do it. And you could see the corner coming from a mile away. You could see him jump the route from a mile away, and you're just like, well, that is, it is what it is. And now it's – I texted the loon chat, like, immediately after it happened. It's like, I don't even feel anything. It's just, like, so, like, unsurprising when this type of thing happens. And maybe that was probably because I could see it coming. But the picks are not good. Um, the turnovers from this team in general are not good. At least nobody fumbled today. Um, but yeah, I mean, we beat the Panthers, hang the banner, you know, like I, I'm just not inclined to feel anything one way or another about beating the Panthers. Um, Eddie Julian just ended up on second base somehow. I don't know how that happened. Oh, Boba shed threw it into Narnia. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Well, it's basically like we. All right, well, that would have been a double play. All right, we're good. We're cool. Let's drive and run now, huh? Hawboys, a little insurance. Um, yeah, the Vikings are shit, and they barely beat the Panthers. I wouldn't say barely beat, but um, certainly not convincing. Um, it did feel nice to have a turnover go the Vikings' way in terms of the big DJ Wanham fumble re- return. Um, that rocked. Harrison Smith was a menace in the in the backfield, getting a couple sacks, and I think he caused that one as well, or that fumble as well. We'll turn back the clock moment for Harry. But, um, yeah, I just don't – let me see if I had any other notes. Um, it just didn't feel it – didn't, it didn't feel like a team that felt like they were better than the record. It felt like an 0-3 team beating a different 0-3 team, and that – makes you feel like, well, neither of these teams are very fucking good, you know? Um, oh, I do have a note here. Akers was good. I'd like to see more of him. Very efficient. I think it was 10 touches for 71 yards or something. But you'd sign him for that every time. Um, let me look it up more specifically. It would actually be a miracle if I remember that correctly. He's got five rushes for 40 yards, which is eight per carry, which is great. Um, and then he had two catches for seven for 11 yards. So it was seven touches for... Seven touches for 51 yards. So I just completely made up the other number. Whatever. It is what it is. You don't win them all. Um, Madison was good, too. Didn't phone the ball. So, like, you know... Teams... I mean, the rushing team is better than it had been. Um, but again, it's the Panthers, and it was the Chargers last week, so it's like, who, you know. There's, not, there's, not much, there's nothing to say. Like, they're not good. The team isn't good. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I'm really interested to see what happens sort of with this team. Um, knowing that I both the rest of the season and the next off season, knowing that at least initially it's not working. It's not seeming to work, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, I saw a video on X.com that said Ed Ingram doesn't suck dick. So when I said that he sucked dick yesterday or last week, apparently I was wrong about that. Um, so um, stay tuned for next week to see my opinion on whether Ed Ingram sucks dick that week or not. Um, as of right now, he does not suck dick. Um, yeah. That's all the Vikings notes I got. I'll go through the league real quickly. And uh, with the assumption from everybody that's listening to this that I didn't watch any of these games. I'm just re- I like don't even know some of the, what, the scores that happened. Again, low-key lot going on in the world of Allen Post. But... Um, 
lines beat the pad. I'll, I'll, I might say keep myself to like ten words or less because I don't want to talk about shit that I don't know, and also um, I don't need the pod to take forever. Um, there's no way I'm going to keep myself to ten words or less. Um, <laughs> lines beat the Packers by fourteen on Thursday night. Um, I think the lines are for real. And I think the Packers are very much not, which is great. I think the Packers are what you would call like a bad team that plays well, or maybe a, they're definitely a bad team that plays well. This is such a PMT bit, I'm sorry. But um, they're definitely a good, bad team. Like fucking our competitor, main competitor podcast talks about that shit all the time. So, but anyway, it's true um, that, you know, against bad opponents – they're going to win. They're going to give you a little comeback victory that gives you belief in Jordan Love and who they are as a team. But against any kind of good opponents, they just weren't. They just weren't close to the Lions. And and, and I get, we're saying that about the Lions, but um, get fair. There's no way. Um, but still, the Lions are at least a decent team in the NFC North. In the NFC, and definitely the best team in the NFC North right now. Um, decent team in the NFC right now and they're going to beat a team like the Packers just what happens um Packers are playing a bad schedule because they were bad last year and um they're going to win a bunch of games against bad teams but you know against good teams they're not and we can take some solace in that um Jaguars beat the Falcons in London um I don't think either of these teams is very good I think it's very clear that the Falcons aren't the 2-0 and team that we thought they were. I think, well, I don't think anybody thought much of them in the first place. Um, but any, like, headline, oh, the Falcons are 2-0. and We kind of knew that was fake, and this proves it. Um, they're 2-2 two and two now. Jaguars, certainly better than the last week where they lost the Texans, but um, it's just you're not getting a lot of respect from me. Get through, fuck. All right, well, whatever. We go to the eighth. Who's coming out of the pen? That's the question. Um, the Bills beat the Dolphins 48-20. to 20. If this game happened before the 70-20 to 20 game against Denver for Miami, would anybody be that surprised? I think the line was... Pretend the, pretend the Denver game didn't exist. The line would probably be seven points, something like that, maybe, maybe a little bit less. So to lose by 28 is still a lot. But if, was, if anybody were to be like, oh, the Bills are clearly a class above the Dolphins, at least this game, like nobody would be that surprised. I just think it's that they put up 70 against the Denver, and now everybody's like calling the Dolphins frauds because they lost to a really, really good Bills team who, by the way, are really, really good, even though they lost to the Jets. The Jets nearly beat the Chiefs. Anyway. Um, I don't think the sky is falling. You can't, you can't do this thing where we're like, oh, the Dolphins are the best team in the world, and then they lose to a bad – or they lose to a really good team, and then they're like, oh, they, now they suck. But you can't do it. You just can't do it. They're a good team. They're a good offensive football team. They're not a great defensive football team, to be honest. But not every game plan is going to work perfectly every time against every opponent. And the Bills figured them out, got a little physical with them. Sort of messed up their timing a little bit. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, That type of thing happens. And meanwhile, Josh Allen was absolutely cooking the shit out of the the, uh, Dolphins' defense. It happens. Dolphins are a good team. The Bills are probably better. Well, they're clearly better if you count by that game. But the Bills are better. Um, Broncos, Bears. So, Justin Fields was decent. You could probably even say good. Um, he, you would actually could even say great. I'm looking back at his line now. 
28 to 35, 335 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. That's good. Um, DJ Moore getting very involved. So not just throwing to the running back, not just throwing to the tight end, but getting your number one wide receiver involved. Um, it's a good performance for Justin Fields. Again, I didn't watch this game, so I don't really know. But um, you can't lose the game. You can't lose the game. You can't lose the game. And that's on the defense. That's on coaching. That's on everybody. Um, but you can't lose to the own three Broncos when your quarterback, who everybody's talking about being the problem, puts up 335 yards. Um, shout out to the Broncos, I guess. Um, I would say that these two teams are more depressing than the Vikings. And... Um, yeah, I just feel bad. That's more, that's, that's my take. Um, Ravens, Browns, didn't watch it all. Um, Lamar Jackson is very good. And, oh, it's Deshaun Jackson, or not Deshaun Jackson, certainly didn't play. Deshaun Watson didn't play, so DTR played. Yeah, so that doesn't really mean anything. Beat a team with their quarterbacks out, you don't mean anything. Houston 30, Pittsburgh 6. I'm going to start. I've said the CJ Stroud thing on this podcast a few times. I've said it. I get it. I'll probably stop saying it eventually. But I think I'm a Houston fan. Because they've been so bad for so long, so pathetic for so long, they got a quarterback. And now it's like, oh, Houston's interesting. Like, they're fun to watch. Dude's, dude throws for 300 yards every single time he touches the field. Like, he might have 300 yards in every game this year. I could have completely made that up. But he's looked good. They've been interesting. They're beating teams that maybe are supposed to be better than him. Um, let me see what the – Pittsburgh was favored in this game on the road, and they got pumped by 24. Like, that's that's – it's it's good shit. It's good good stuff to watch, you know. Um, and obviously, after the win against Jacksonville last week, it's it's cool to see a young quarterback and a young team kind of start to put it together and and, and play well. Um, so I love that. I didn't watch the game where it was on in the red zone here and there, but um, but yeah. Rams Colts um, twenty nine twenty three. I don't have anything to say. Colts are good, but not. They're a good, bad team as well. A good, bad team, but like future good, bad team where they're going to be a good, good team soon. Um, Bucks, Saints, who cares? Literally nobody cares. Um, the Eagles beat the Commanders by, thir- by three, 31 to 34. I think we need to have a conversation about... Great play by Correa just then. Four outs to get. Um, knocking on wood. Um, I don't think the Eagles' defense is very good. And I don't know if anybody's out, if they're missing anybody or whatever. But let the Patriots put up a decent amount of points against them. And the Patriots are really bad. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, let the Vikings put up a decent amount of points again and at times get everything they wanted in terms of in the run in the passing game. Um, the offense is still great, but just also let the commanders put up 31 and the commanders looked horrible the week before against Buffalo. Um, we probably should talk more about the Buffalo defense. Like that, they're a bit more of a problem than they've been in the past. Um, with especially what they did to Miami today, or not today. It's four days ago at this point. But um, I think there's a chance the Eagles aren't as good as we thought, and it has to do with the defense. Also, the tush push thing. Like I don't know how we're still talking about it, and maybe I'm just adding to it by talking about it again. But it's a QB sneak. Like, it's, it gets one yard. That's what it does. And Jalen Hurts is good at it. And and we had, like, 
there's a whole like narrative and con- it was like the biggest storm in the NFL between the past two like before this game going in after last game it was like the biggest storm in the NFL and for what like who cares um oh I mean he's he's so out okay thank God um. Kevin Biggio just blew up Griffin Jacks for no reason. Um, instead of just getting tagged like a normal human being. And the umpire took two seconds to make the call. And I was like, I mean, like, like, what is that shit? Anyway, um, this is the three ups to get. That was the, that was the top of the eighth. So if you're listening... That's the play I'm talking about. The top of the eighth, the last out. Kevin Biggio just, just absolutely railing Griffin Jackson instead of just getting tagged like a normal person or avoiding it or something. Um, three hours to get though. Let's go. Let's let's fucking go. Um, let's get some insurance, huh? I still don't feel that great about Duran every time. Knock on wood. Um, yeah. Watch this space on the Eagles being low-key frauds because their defense isn't good enough. Um, Titans beat the Bengals because, of course, they did. The Titans, who knows? I, they might be the most impossible team to, to like, guess at which team shows up week to week. Um, the Bengals are sad because Joe Burrow is hurt, and that is sad. He's so clearly not good right now. He probably should not be playing. But I still having him out there is probably the best chance they have to win. Um, it sucks because they were a really exciting fantasy team. Just Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Mixon. I have Mixon personally. Um, by the way, I lost this week. It was not a pretty showing. Just had to be honest there. Three and one. Still leading the league in points because of my weeks two and three. But um, putting up 77 is never what you want to see. Um, yeah. Bengals are sad because Super Bowl's hurt. Um, the Chargers and Raiders. Um, somebody did something stupid in this in this um, in this game again. Some there was a, it's all time stupid. Brandon Staley, um, Josh McDaniels, all time stupid coach matchup in this one. Um, I don't remember what it was. Yes, <laughs> it was exactly what Josh or Brandon Staley did the week before. On the Chargers 34, down or only up a score, fourth and one going for it. Almost the exact situation. And this time with three minutes left in the game. Three minutes left. You just, you're still playing football with three minutes left in the game. It's, I mean, talk about a four-minute offense, sure, but that's if you get first downs. You don't start doing some cute shit to get one yard and keep the ball. They're going to get the ball back at some point. It doesn't make sense. And I know there's analytics people out there, and I'm usually on their side, but I just feel like the team hasn't moved the ball that well all day. Like, Aiden O'Connell is the quarterback. Like, what are we doing? Um, Go for fourth and one with three minutes, three and a half minutes left in the game. Again, don't get it because they tried tush-push and it didn't work, which, again, is another reason why the tush-push, we just just shut up. The Eagles are good at it. Nobody else is. Um, and gave the Raiders a legitimate chance to win the game, um, which they didn't because Aiden O'Connell, AOC. Again, not my bit. Got to stop stealing their bits. Um, threw a pick, like, at the goal line. Um which, you know, it's very Raiders Chargers to just it's for it's very Raiders Chargers to have the game handed to one team and then have that team completely handed back, which is exactly what happened to the Raiders Vi- or in Chargers Vikings. So can't really talk shit. But I mean, that just wasn't a good at bat, was it, Donovan? Um, Patriots Cowboys. God, I love being right. Mac Jones is shit, and he always has been. And he's gotten benched twice now for Bailey Zappi, who is also shit. Um, 
I think Patriots are borderline one of the most depressing teams to be a fan of right now, which is obviously ironic given that they were the best team to be a fan of for 20 years. So that's just what having the GOAT will do. Um, but yeah, Cowboys, again, we know they're good. The loss to Arizona shouldn't have happened, but I don't feel any differently about them by killing the Patriots because the Patriots are really, really bad. And Mac Jones is completely lost. He's not a good player. He's not good at the sport of football. Bailey Zappi is also not good at the sport of football at the pro level. Um, it just isn't a situation that you would want to be a part of in any way. Um, shout out, though. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a hit by pitch. Korea's probably going to be dead now because it's on the hand. Um, he's got a protector, though. All right. You guys are watching the game, too. I don't need to announce it. Um, shout out Hunter Lipke. NDSU. Um, fullback. Former NDSU fullback, that is. Um, scored his first NFL touchdown. So, that rocks. Good for him. Um, here's the touchdown that made it 38-3 after being 31-3. Um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. 49ers, Cardinals. The Niners are better than the Cardinals. That's not a surprise. Um, Chiefs and Jets here. Um, Zach Wilson, for like two quarters, was really good. And this is, it's interesting. Um, Correa dapping up Rocco to make sure his hand isn't fucked. Good. Love to see it, boys. Um, Taylor Swift in attendance. The Chiefs didn't look very good. Um, and Zach Wilson did. It's interesting because this isn't the first time Zach Wilson has like looked decent out there. So I wonder what the, I don't know enough about football to be like, why is he playing well right now? And why is he not playing well most of the other times? And to the point where he's like horrible most of the other times. Um, and while I was sort of pondering all that shit, like the pass to Alan Lazard was like for the touchdown was like, tight window type shit like it was a good it was a good ball where only his guy can get it um but then just like that he can't like handle a snap bang single willie castro correa's gonna get he's gonna be safe at third all right bet let's get an insurance run um yeah just like that zach wilson fumbled the ball and the game away and then it's like crying on the sideline about how he lost the game. Yeah, I mean, you did. But he played really well. So I, it's kind of weird. Um, I have a take. And this might be just partly because I own, him, I own him in fantasy. I think Travis Kelsey might be just a sneaky bit washed. He just doesn't feel... And maybe it is a knee thing, a pitch count thing. He just doesn't feel like as major a part of the offense as he had been in the past. Um, God damn it, Ryan. That sucked. Um, first pitch, pop out. Um, but it's just like other tight ends are getting involved. Noah Gray had a big score. It's like, who's that? Like, that should be Travis. Like, maybe this is just me as a fantasy guy again. Getting upset, but, um... Let me actually just see, like, what his line was to see if I'm completely talking about my ass or not. Um, I mean, six catches for 60 yards. It's just, like, Mahomes had 203 yards on 18 completions. Something's up. Um, and it, the Jets do have a good defense. But also, they got beat up pretty good last week, I think. Um, let me just, Let me just check. At least uh, two weeks ago, by the Cowboys, lost thirty to ten. So I mean, yeah, I guess the just it maybe isn't just defense. They just had a bad night against the Cowboys, but like, I don't know. Watch this space and whether Travis Kelsey is low key washed. Um, the Monday night game, the Giants are so sad, and that's that's all I got on that. Um. We'll take a water break and then a few quick notes about college football and then I'll talk about the Ryder Cup. This um, commercial break is sponsored by um, Toyota. 
because they're on my TV right now. Also, shout out Camrys. I didn't watch a lot of college football this week. I had a very busy Saturday, but I do have a few notes. Um, I'll rip through them real quick. Um, I've been informed by the hires up at Loon State Sports to share the Loon's gambling record, something that I was meaning to do that I keep forgetting to do. Um, it's not that great right now. No, no shade to the boys, but um, let's see. Loon... Schmidt sent it to me. Um, the boys overall are 15 and 17, so not great, but prime for a huge comeback. Um, Loon Schmidt, probably why he's the one that sent it to me, is 4 and 2. Loon Megs is also 4 and 2. Loon Mush is 3 and 3 with an asterisk, which has something to do with the game not being in somebody's book and being in somebody else's book. Whatever, I'm calling 3 and 3. Um, Loon. Loon Beast is, forgot his Loon name for a second. Um, Loon Beast is two and four. And Loon Slim, Slim Loon, is one and five. He stinks. Um, but I will add, Slim Loon keeps um, cashing anytime, or not anytime, first touchdown scores that we don't tweet out. He keeps cashing those in our group chat. He had Pacheco, and I think he had one other early in the week. Um, what's happening? Juwan Duran has got an issue with his hand on the mound. That's concerning. We'll continue with the college football notes, however. So, yeah, uh, one and one and collabs as well. Um, I checked into the Florida game for a second. Um, You should not be allowed to wear number 15 as a Florida quarterback if your name is not Tim Tebow. That should be a very obvious jersey retirement um and i don't even care if like a cornerback wears number 15 cornerback probably should have chosen a different position for contrast there but um a quarterback you turn on florida a guy wearing number 15 taking a stab you're like oh it's tim tebow it's not it's graham mertz but that should just be like that should be a rule can you probably can't retire a position for or retire a number for a specific position but um if you could that'd be the one in college football maybe in general maybe cam newton too at auburn something like that would be a would be a thing um trying to think of other numbers like the lsu has like seven for a defensive player but that like the whole point of the LSU number seven is that it goes to like the most diverse, most deserving defensive player every year. So it's like an honor, not like something you retire. So I think you think the Tyron Matthews, but um, this, I think Stingley was seven. Um, but yeah, that should be a thing where quarterbacks of Florida can't wear 15. Um, I think Nebraska is just really bad. I don't even remember who they lost to this week that I make, caused me to say that. Joan Duran is, like, destroyed. His hand is fucked somehow. I don't know, even know what happened. Um, let me find college football. I was like... Because to set the scene for Nebraska, they lost to a bad Minnesota team. Minnesota team that lost to um, Northwestern. Then they lost to Colorado, who are certainly not as good as we thought they were, at least initially. Although that game against USC was sneaky. I should probably stop talking about Colorado. I talk about them all the time. But they're going to be a nice little seven-win team. Um, Then they beat Louisiana Tech, which probably everybody does. And they got absolutely destroyed by Michigan. Not like, a, oh, they covered 
even though they were favored by 17, it's like, oh, they didn't deserve to be on the same field type thing, 45-7. So I think it's um, a lot is explained about both the Gophers and Colorado if we just accept the fact that Nebraska is really bad. And so, you know, I'm doing that. Okay, Duran just threw his first pitch, and it was 102, like, miles over the dude's head. Um, so, uh, knocking on wood is increasing, intensifying. The cheese wheel catcher is up. Um, Jesus Christ, and another 102 over his head. All right, let's figure it out, buddy. I mean, the Pagans in the bullpen. Oh, fucking boy. Oh, boy, this is how it ends. All right. Um, knock on wood, knock on wood, knocking on my head. Um, <laughs> last college football note. Oregon State being good is fun, and I don't know why that is. It just kind of is because they're usually not. 101 in the zone, thank Christ. Um, DJ Uangalele, I nailed that probably, um, is balling. They beat Washington State by a lot, but both those teams being good is kind of fun because they're usually not. Um so that's my last note in college football. Um, okay. I feel like I need to focus on the Twins game, but I'm recording podcasts. Very difficult. Um, ooh, the splinker, 97. The cheese wheel fouled it off somehow. Um, the Ryder Cup. Um, so in case you don't know, the United States lost, I don't even see a bad splinker. Oh yeah. Have a seat. Um, in case you don't know, the U S lost the Ryder Cup 16 and a half to the 11 and a half or something to those, that extent. Um, and so now they haven't beat Europe in Europe for 30 years or more. Um, I just have to hold some of the loons and a goose or two, um, accountable. Hey, single from, who is that? It's one of the guys I've never heard of on the Blue Jays. Um, sometimes Duran just throws 101, like down the middle and it's very hittable somehow. Or they're like ready for it. So they, he loves a lot of hits for a, for a guy that has the stuff he has. Anyway, knock on wood, it's, everything's fine. Um, I have to hold some loons accountable. I've done the podcast um, around the time of 3M, I think it was. We talked about the Ryder Cup, and I I said Goose Mo on the Ryder Cup podcast preview himself. Um, I was told, and again, I'm not the biggest Ryder Cup guy. I'm not the biggest Ryder Cup guy because um, usually it's football season by then for me. But I was told that, okay <laughs> – the U.S. hasn't beat Europe in Europe for going on 30 years. But this is, you know, this year, if you look at the lineups, like the U.S. obviously has the better team, blah, 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 blah. And again, I'm relatively new to the podcast game, so I need to get better at this. I remember thinking in my head, and again, it sounds stupid to say now because nobody cares if you had a take that happens after the fact, but see ya, bud. Curveball. Sit down, Matt. One more out, knock on wood. Um, I remember thinking, we think this team is going to be the one that beats Europe in Europe. Like, not to talk about another uh, competitor's podcast, but a couple weeks ago, Tennessee lost to Florida in in the swamp. And Big T, who is, uh, again, another podcast podcaster, um... I guess I should credit them. Credit macrodosing so I don't get fired or I don't get fined. Um, sued, whatever. Big T was like talking to Arian Foster. He's like, Arian, you don't understand. We always lose this game. Like this is the game we always lose. It doesn't matter who's on the team. We always lose this game. And I was thinking something similar to that. If we always lose to Europe in Europe, 
why is it going to be different this time? Because we have Wyndham Clark on the roster? Because we have Sam Burns? Because we have Brian... Like, like, what about this team makes it so fucking special that this is the time we're going to break the streak? And then they come out, they lose the first four matches, and I'm like, why didn't I fucking say that out loud? So anyway... Um, See ya, bud. All right. That's a series win. Let's go. Struck out the side. Oh, Royce has big balls. I think he was doing that celebration. He might not have been. I might have just said that. Um, Love that. Love. Love that. Okay, now I can talk about Houston. Um, I'll talk about it after the Ryder Cup. Um, Wow. Just a nice little sweep for the lads. First series win since 2002. That's what it is. First series win since 2002. But the other streak was... 2004, Rockford just pointed at the camera, gave him a little wink. Oh, yeah. Okay, this team feels good all of a sudden. Oh, I mean, again, just dominant, dominant pitching performance. Toronto scored one run the entire series. We scored five. That's more. Um, still not. We'll, we'll check in on the offense as we keep going, but let's go. Let's go. Boys are celebrating. All right. I'm allowed, I'm a, you're allowed to celebrate this one, I feel like. I'm not going to, not going to hate. Um, Duran, like, destroyed his hand, apparently, then threw to the backstop and then struck outside. So, shout out to him. Anyway, um, Loon Jack going crazy. Um, oh, that rocks. That actually rocks so hard. Um, <laughs> back to the Ryder Cup. Like, is this the team? That or yeah, this streak has happened for thirty years. Literally, Tiger Woods' entire career happened while this streak was going on, and we're just like, "Yeah, this is it. We got Brian Harmon." Like, what are we? Like, what are we talking about? And again, I should have had the take of the time. I thought the take of the time didn't say it out loud because I, you know, I'm not the golf guy around here. But like, come on, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson never fucking won in Europe. But yeah, we got JT. He hasn't made a cut all year. He's going to do it. Come on. Like, what are we thinking? Anyway. Um, some other notes from the Ryder Cup. The hat thing was super lame. Until. I mean, it is very it is a very golf beef to be like, oh, that guy's not wearing a hat. Let's all roast him for two weeks, for two days. Um, and the hat thing was lame. Like, dude, just wear the hat. But then Cantlay was like the best player on the team for like the past day and a half. Or the last day and a half. So... The hat thing was lame until he started playing like a killer, and then it was no longer lame. Um, Wyndham Clark sucks, that's my opinion. Um, fell behind for rip. That really takes the wind. You're like, oh, I'm excited to watch the Ryder Cup. So you could follow the Ryder Cup. You check in after the morning, which you weren't even awake for, and it's already for rip Europe, and you're like, okay, well, this sucks. Like, I mean, like, like what am I, you know? It kind of kills the kills the Ryder Cup vibe almost immediately when you um, or you're you're like oh waking up time to watch the Ryder Cup oh we're already down four there's only been four matches oh okay cool um, Jordan Spieth was shit Ricky was shit Ricky's historically shit at the Ryder Cup Jordan Spieth is not but again he's like washed like I don't know um, Scotty was shit people are saying. He's too nice for the Ryder Cup. The, the sort of hostile environment is not for him. People are saying that. Um, mainly me. They're showing Jose Barrios. He looks very sad. Good. Um, Carlos, is, Carlos Correa's wife is hot. Um, anyway. Yeah. That was the Ryder Cup. What did we think was going to happen? It was cool watching golf in the morning. Oh, I'm not going to lie. A little morning waking up watching golf actually rocks. And you'll usually only get it like once a year. I guess you can watch the Scottish Open too. You usually only get it once, twice a year, but nice to have it in September. Because the football wasn't on in the morning, you know? So it actually was this week. But anyway, that's the Ryder Cup. Um... That's a good pod. Again, no post game this week because I'm in a hurry. Um, but yeah, baseball emoji for the twins. 
Let's go. Wait, no, I was gonna talk. I was gonna talk about Houston. Um, I'm scared. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm scared. I'm scared. Um, they're. It's not that they're a good team this year. It's not that anything that they did this year is particularly scary. They won the AL West. Fine. They won like three games more than we did. That's nothing crazy. It's not like even in theory their team is any better than ours. It's just that they're the Houston Astros post the year 2015, and they win the playoffs, and that's what they do. And we are the Minnesota Twins, and until this year we lost in the playoffs. And so that is just there's a lot of like... There's a lot of just like sort of vibes that are going really heavily in Houston's favor. But, you know, I really do feel good about where the Twins are at. This is like, again, it's very easy to say after they just won a playoff game. But in a playoff series at that, um, by the way, Duran's little skip after he strikes somebody out rocks. That's cool as fuck. Um, This Twins team feels good in a way that it hasn't all year. And um, if you listen to the way national people are covering game, people who actually know about baseball, not Michael fucking K. Like you listen to like Jeff Passan talk about the Twins, he's very like very positive in a way that feels weird. Like it would have been weird to hear in July or June or something like that. Um, so I'm optimistic, but also a little scared. And I think that's uh, as deep of a preview as we're going to get. We're still going to enjoy this one, you know? Um, baseball OG, that's it. See ya.